Hello, everyone. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor apparently gets outdone by his friends in college football bets. <laughs> Today, we're talking week six of the 2021 college football season. I'm your host, Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. With me today are my co-host, Cousin Jared, who went 10-9 last week to bring his season record to 38-28, a very good 58% on the season. Hello there. Good evening. Good to be talking with you as always. And yeah, very, very excited about that 10-9 record last week, especially kind of after how everything else progressed seemingly as the night went on. I was very happy with 10-9 for sure. I, I hear you there. With us also is Jack went 2-2 two two last week that brings his season record to 11-9. Also a profitable season so far for him. Hello to you as well. Profitable was news to me, Professor. Good, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the unofficial <laughs> official podcast of New Mexico State football. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and as the uh, official unofficial podcast of New Mexico State football, we will be closing out the podcast covering them as always because we love our New Mexico State, uh, whatever they Why? are. <laughs> Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? Well, they are the Aggies, so I, I approve. Oh, there you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known that. Uh, my model picks uh, suffered another losing week last week that brings me to 10 games below 500 for the season. Thankfully, that's only two losing weeks in a row, not three, right? Three is an official losing streak. So we're going to avoid that by getting lots of winners uh, this week. Uh, as always, the picks will be posted and tracked on Twitter, the Google Sheet, and all of my picks, including those for MLB and NFL, have their own Google Sheets. Uh, they're also tracked on BetStamp, which is a free bet tracking app. Links are in the description below. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, rate, leave a review. We truly appreciate all of those things. And if what you know before we start the show, I have enough data this season uh, to feel confident about tiering my picks. I started doing that uh, with baseball towards you know that uh, season. I gave that a test run last week, um, making another set of adjustments here. This week, I think it's good to go. So all this will be laid out via the tracking mechanisms I just mentioned. Uh, for the purposes of this recording, it's broken into three categories. The leans, the likes or the standard picks, and the loves or the best bets. So I've got five of those best bets today, along with a bunch of standard picks uh, that I'll call out as we go. So again, that'll all be laid out uh, in, the, in the sheet and BetStep in Twitter. Uh, we're going to kick things off with another round of the good, the bad, and the best Cousin Jared, let's start with you. What was good about week five college football? We kind of touched on it there in the open, but I went 10 and nine for me. That was a very good thing for Saturday. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm heavy into the gambling Twitter or anything like that, but some of the people that I listen to yourself, Bill Connolly, as an example, everybody just kind of fell completely apart in the afternoon. And I mean, my picks did as well. I, I did not do well in the afternoon, but somehow how I was able to salvage a 10 and nine record on Saturday, which kind of seeing all of the carnage around me, uh, 10 and nine, I don't think has ever felt so good. That was uh, a good thing for me from Saturday. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you that, that 10 and nine is to be proud of with how crazy last weekend was. Uh, Jack, what about you? What was good about last week? It was week? actually... It was actually news to me that I still have a profitable margin on the year, which is you, you, you cannot complain about that. No, um, not at all. The best thing about this week is that you, you do not get penalized further for being really wrong about a game. I went two and two, and none of my four games were even close to landing in the opposite direction. Like I, All four of my picks were decided basically like right when the game started. So at least I had nothing to worry about in either direction. Yeah, yeah. For me, what was good, uh, again, same story as last week, was the morning slate of games. Uh, by the mid-afternoon, I was sitting at 6-2-1. and one. 
that was fun to, to watch that unfold. Uh, we had all the fun apparently in the morning as, as Cousin Jerry already, already mentioned, falling apart that later. But it was, it was good to start off with. There's no reason that should happen. Uh, I have no thought that that's, there's a morning or afternoon or anything edge. It's just kind of random occurrence. It was just back-to-back weeks, but, but it was good to start off uh, on the right foot. And it was a lot of fun uh, to start the day at least before things went crazy. Uh, and speaking of crazy, onto the bad. Uh, Cousin Jared, what was bad for you last week? I'm going to read from my notes here because I want to really, you know, get the message across at what a bad beat this was. So I had the under, uh, had about the under of 63 on the uh, Temple and Memphis game this past Saturday. So to set the scene, it's 27-23. I have an under of 63. I'm looking great. How is there going to be 13 points scored in the last two minutes and 35 seconds of this game. Temple has the ball. They're ahead by four. They have the ball at midfield. They have a third and six. Memphis has one timeout left. A first down ends the game. A punt, for my purposes, probably ends the game here. Memphis gets a 53-yard touchdown pass with two minutes and 35 seconds left on third and six. I immediately text everybody in the group and say, we're on bad beat alert, guys. So they they scored a touchdown. They kick off. I'm hoping – I knew it wouldn't happen, but I'm hoping Memphis says it's a two-score game. As soon as we get in the field goal range, we kick the field goal and then go for the onside kick, you know, because we just want as much time as we, we can to get that last touchdown there. Of course they don't. They, they go 75 yards in two minutes and five seconds and put the total at 63. And to add insult to injury, they go for two and put the total at 65. It was an awfully bad beat. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. Anything besides that 53-yard touchdown pass there gets me the under and it doesn't happen. So, yeah, uh, one of the worst beats of the season for sure. Yeah, yeah that's unfortunate. Jack, what about you? Look, look at this cute little bulldog behind me. <laughs> how can I how can I possibly be mad at this little Georgia Bulldog? No, my 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 righteous anger lies with Arkansas. I, I had them. I, I took I took a decent number of points thinking like, oh, a top 10 team against Georgia. Like Georgia will win, but they'll keep it respectable, right? And, and, no. and, you, got a, and you got a good number too, because early in the week yeah. when we record this, the number was plus 19 and that number trickled down. People were people were betting on us. You got a good number too. Right? Yeah, I, I need to double that number. <laughs> <laughs> So how, how good could that number possibly have been if I needed it like that again? Uh. You know, I, I always I always joke about, you know, closing line value, right? It, I'm not saying it's meaningless. I think it's one step above that, whatever that is. To me, the closing line value there is, is uh, just reassurance that other people lost money with you is really all that is. <laughs> like, it, it's, all, it's all I'd say. Like, yeah, you got a great number and all of y'all lost. It didn't matter what the number shame, was. Shame, yeah. shame on me, though, for believing in an Arkansas team. I mean, I that, think that's, gonna, that's on me, but we did talk about this last week, right? With both them and Ole Miss that they had a chance to uh, really climb in the rankings and uh, mm-hmm. you know, neither one of them really oh. put up a, put up a yeah. great fight. Uh, and there goes that chance. Yes. There it goes. Uh, for me. I mean, it was Baylor. Uh, they looked really well to start the season. It just completely falling apart on the road in Stillwater. Uh, we talked about not really knowing what we we're going to get with Oklahoma state. I feel like we, no, knew what we were going to get with Baylor, and I think we were completely wrong on that. They they looked lost. They looked like they did not. Um, I don't know if they didn't show up or, or what it was. It, they just the first half was just pitiful. Uh, to me, it was everything. It was the, the play calling, the execution, uh, just name it. And Baylor struggled with it. And it wasn't necessarily one of my best bets uh, from from 
last weekend, but it was one that I really thought they would at least hang in, um, had a chance even at the cover at the end. So, I mean, it was kind of a testament to just sheer luck and goodwill that it almost got the cover as bad as they played, uh, ended up, you know, losing by 10 and and any game that I don't think they even deserved to be with it. The the touchdown pass at the end of the first half was brutal for Baylor's chances that game, because then they're playing massive amounts of catch up and they, showed that they were not interested in playing that kind of game on Saturday they they weren't and it's going to be really interesting to see how they come out this week because do they do they bounce back at home against West Virginia and look more like the team we thought they were or do they look you know kind of hung over from the beating that Oklahoma State put on them um so that was that was not good for for me picking them and as them being the place where I got my statistics degree from uh we're going to close out this segment with the best cousin Jared was the best thing for you about this last weekend If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I think you probably know where I'm going with this. UConn and Vanderbilt. I lost my bet here. I laid 14 and a half points of Vanderbilt. I won't make that mistake again, but who cares? UConn and Vanderbilt, two of the worst teams in college football, can still give you an excellent game that can kind of get you up off your couch and get you yelling at the TV on a Saturday night. This was great. Vanderbilt won on a late field goal, 30 to 28. Um, I think that really gets down to the essence of college football that you can have two absolutely awful teams and they can still put on a great show that, that's fun to watch so that was by far the best thing uh this past saturday for me it, it was a fantastic game i tweeted it out uh, as it got to the end like everyone this is must see tv it was it was fantastic vanderbilt had a lead uconn goes down and drives and takes the lead late then vanderbilt comes back and drives and wins it with a field goal or was it ties or whatever it was they came back in and it was fantastic finish uh vanderbilt rushed the field after after winning yeah. the game, I mean, yeah. it was yeah. after beating UConn of all teams. It was you're right. It was it was a fantastic game. Yeah, yeah. So college football Twitter really got up up for that game, uh, and I think we're gonna have another game that we're gonna talk about this week that college football Twitter is really Please. gonna get excited about. We are. I'm, I'm so pumped <laughs> to talk about it later. I'm so pumped. <laughs> Please tell me Vandy got fined. I I think that's standard in the SEC, right? Yeah, yeah. I I know everybody gets fined. I wonder if yeah. they'll have. But if you rush against UConn, the fines double, right? It, 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 see, I was going to say the other way. Like Vanderbilt won, maybe they won't get fined. Like, maybe yeah, look, look the other way. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, whatever. We'll, 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 like, Vandy is not Kansas. Kansas can rush the field when they win. Hey, if you look at my rankings, and just a side note, if, if you're listening out there, I, I tweeted out this. I put all of my rankings up now in the Google Sheet so you can see how I power rate every single team. I think Vanderbilt and Kansas are one slot apart from each other right now. So I think wow. you can't say that Ugh. they are Kansas. I mean, they are Ouch. more or less the same team right now, which is hard to believe. No other Power 5 team is even really close to them. I think the closest one's Arizona, who we've also talked about on this podcast about being really bad. Yeah. Um, Jack, what about you? What was the best thing? Uh, moving, moving to a game that actually matters for something. I could probably, kids. it would take both of my hands to count the number of times I thought the Oregon-Stanford game was over and in Oregon's favor. But the, the, the end of that game was just phenomenal to watch. Like, kudos to Stanford for pulling that off because I really, really didn't think they would do it as late as when there was no time left on the clock. Yeah, yeah right, right. It was a fantastic finish. Uh, some questionable play calling there at the end by Stanford, but it, it worked out. Um, yeah, that was a great ending. I saw that ESPN gave Oregon a 99.9% chance to win. I think their numbers are calibrated quite right. Uh, to me, I don't think that's a one in a thousand comeback. I think that's more like a one in 
80 type comeback maybe. Uh, so I think their their numbers I think are a little bit off, but nevertheless, it was an incredible I've, comeback. Uh, I've always thought ESPN's probabilities relied a little too much on the priors. Uh, yeah, my, I'm not sure I hadn't really assessed through what it was, but I think that was a little bit off, but it still was an incredible comeback either way. Um, for me, the best thing was going to bed with Fresno State ahead and not seeing them fall apart because Fresno State <laughs> was outside the number force. They were up 14 and I was like, they've got this. I think yeah. cousin Jared, I think I woke up to a text from you, the same thing you, we both woke up, I think. And, and, and you said, I thought we had that or something. I was like, yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought we did too. It was looked good. Fresno State minus five turnover differential outgained yeah. Hawaii by over 150 yards, just a, a wonky game. And I'm just glad I got some rest and didn't see it because that was just would have been the worst thing to actually have to witness that. Professor, yeah. do we need do we need to have a talk if the best thing that happened to you last week was blissful ignorance? Hey, that's how last week went for yeah. me. It was all downhill once about uh 3:30, 4 o'clock central rolled around, maybe five central or so. It was pretty much all downhill for me. The, the other thing I could have talked about is I on this podcast last week I did say the Michigan and Michigan State lines both confused the heck out of me those were crazy lines and both of those were nice easy victories so i mean it really was probably that i just had to make a joke about fresno state going to bed and the blissful ignorance of that game for me yeah Uh, all right so that that wraps us up for last week uh moving on to this week as usual all lines courtesy of circus sportsbook uh we're gonna start with a thursday game coastal carolina is a 19 and a half point favorite at arkansas state uh cousin jerry do you have anything for this one Arkansas State loves to give up points. I mean, I don't I, – statistically, they're probably not as bad as the UConn defense from a couple of years ago, but they are really, really, really bad. I mean, Washington put up 52 on this Memphis team that I've been betting the unders against every week, put up 45 on them or 46, something like that. It's just Arkansas State's defense is really bad. That's all I've got. No play, but Arkansas State's defense is bad. Yeah, not not only does Coastal love to score points on top of that, um, yeah. I'm looking at Coastal's schedule. They don't play anybody. Like, You're right. Ever. You're right. I actually was looking around at uh, some projected uh, win-loss records at the end of season. I kind of stumbled upon it this weekend, and a lot of them have Coastal projected to go like 11-1 because they don't play anybody. Yeah, like, I, where's this one going to be in this schedule? I, I think it's more of an expected value thing. Yeah. One of those, like, I mean, you have a tenth of a loss here and a tenth of a loss here and a tenth of a loss here, and eventually <laughs> you're going to lose to somebody. I mean, I, mean, are they, I mean, I guess they almost lost to Buffalo, but no, like, no official play for me here, but I don't see why Coastal has any problems in this game. Yeah, I, I don't either. The total, I think, is in the 70s, actually. Uh, this is one of my five best bets right here. The model says... 23 is what the line should be. Uh, I made some tweaks here to the model. I noticed it was getting a little bit favorite heavy, which is not where I want to go. So kind of reined that back in. And now the model doesn't like laying big numbers, which is kind of the point. Laying big numbers is usually a fool's errand. So when I can get this calibrated right, like I think it is now, anytime the model says to lay a big number, I think it. I think it's right. I really like it. And so I really like this play because it doesn't say lay a lot of big numbers this week, but this is one of them. I think Coastal Carrier is going to put up a ton of points and so i am laying the 19 and a half with coastal carolina as one of my five best bets uh, for this week in college football no other midweek games to talk about we will have some other picks on those that we will tweet out and put in the sheet as well uh, but we move on to the saturday games michigan state is a five-point favorite at rutgers we've been kind of riding this michigan state team lately uh, cousin jared are we going to keep up on that train 
you took the words right out of, out of my mouth. Michigan State's been so good to us all year. Uh, I It's official play for me. I have no problem laying the five points of Michigan State here. I also, I'm not sure how many points Rutgers is going to score. So even if Michigan State came out a little flat on offense or, you know, Rutgers, Rutgers defense was playing really well, I, I still don't see Rutgers scoring very many points in this game. So again, no problem here with me laying the five points with Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, ha- have fun, guys. I am going to stay away from a pretty scrappy Rutgers team playing at home. Um, that's going to scare me, so no official pick for me. Uh, I, too, am laying the five points. The model says this should be a six-and-a-half-point Michigan State victory. Uh, so official pick for me, Michigan State minus five. Uh, we've been riding them. I see no reason to stop. Um, I don't know how Rutgers will feel after last week. Uh, maybe bruised up a little bit, some bruised egos. I don't know. Well, and – you know, after the loss to Michigan the week before that, too. So kind of back to back, you know, getting yeah. beat pretty handily. And then Michigan State come to town. It's going to be a tough spot for Rutgers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the moment you have all been waiting for, uh, the game of the week, UConn at UMass. Uh, man, I don't even know where to start on the introduction here. Uh, UMass <laughs> um, at home is getting three and a half points. So, so UConn. Uh, who my my model so I, I, I'll you know, I'll try not to bury the lead here, but UConn, who my model says is still the worst team in the country, is a three and a half point road favorite to an mm-hmm. FCS team. Uh, Jared, I'll, I'll I'll let you take it away. I think this open is about a pick'em, and it it's has it. just flown to UConn by three and a half. So if if we're talking about this game, I have an idea. Uh, of where at least the model might be leaning on this. I'll just go back and reference something that we said last week, uh, where y'all both said that y'all were probably going to regret not taking the points with Boston College last week. And, and you know, that, that came, came. We were right. right. That's, yeah, 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 we do. <laughs> came to fruition there. Um, I think I'm going to regret not taking the points with UMass here with what which is what I assume the model is going to do. So no play for me here. I think I'm going to regret that, but I'm interested to see what both of you have to say. UConn should not be a road favorite to anybody until proven otherwise. Official pick. I am taking those points, including that very attractive hook. It would not surprise me if this game ends three, nothing. And if it does, I will walk away happy. And, and you mentioned that. I was just thinking back to that. Uh, was it Wake Forest, Virginia Tech game several years yeah. ago? That was 0-0. Zero, yeah. zero I was thinking, I was like, it's the probably Frank, not going to. The Frank it's, Beamer meme? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, this isn't going to happen, right? The, it, games don't go 0-0 zero, zero over time. But if it happens, this is going to be the, the one. Uh, UConn's offense is inept. Uh I mean, both these teams are. I just don't understand this at all. My model says that UMass should be a three and a half point favorite. It thinks that UMass is one point better and I'm giving them two and a half for home field. This makes no sense. It's a best bet of mine. It's a second best bet. I am also taking the three and a half with UMass. Like you said, the, the three in the hook is just way too enticing to pass up here. I don't understand it. And UConn shouldn't be a favorite against anybody on a neutral field, much less on the road. It's really that simple. For um, Jared, it's not too late. It's not, too, it's not too late. I'm 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 sticking to my guns here. I'm I'm staying away. Uh, but like I said, I I will All I right. will jump on this podcast next week and say that was my bad. I should have followed y'all. So I, the, I be the first thing I do next week. The con- the contrarian angle here with UConn, and, and I'll just and I'll just mention this because it, it could go either way. And so I want to talk about it because I want to make sure you're thinking about. A lot of times, you know, if you're listening to this and 
you know, you're trying to parse through what people say, make sure you think about both sides of the argument, right? One side of the argument with UConn is they played well two weeks ago. Yeah. They played well last week against Vanderbilt. I'm not sure how much of that's Vanderbilt, right? But you can make the argument right. they played well last week against Vanderbilt. They did cover. And so you can make the argument UConn is actually better. Uh, but all the numbers are taking all that into account. You could also go the other direction and say UConn's almost won twice in a row. Where's the letdown factor of are we ever going to yeah. win a game? I mean, it, you can you can really argue that both ways. So I, to me, I, I leave all that aside and just say, the, the metrics are looking at this and still say that UConn is the worst team in the country, despite how well they looked those last two weeks. I have a recent play factor in the model that I'm, I'm kicking up. It's not a ton, but I'm kicking in this how well they've looked lately factor. It still says UConn is the worst team in the, in, in the land. So Well, and I think you hit on something there. Way more impressive than hanging in there with Vanderbilt and almost winning that game was how they played against Wyoming two weeks ago. That Correct. was a complete shocker. I don't know Correct. what the line was on that game. Probably like Wyoming by like 30 or 30s something. 30s or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and I can't remember Wyoming won by three or four or something like that. Yes. So, yeah, that, that was way more that's impressive. I, honestly, that's why I'm staying away. Since they got rid of Edsel, they've been playing so much better. Um, I, again, I, I, I'm going to say I wish I had done it, but I, I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate um, it. Another game that you probably aren't going to watch, Buffalo is at Kent State. Uh, Kent State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Jared, do you have anything on this one? No, n- nothing here. Just appreciate the, the words from last week. I said that I wanted Kent State if it got below two touchdowns. It never got below two touchdowns. Thankfully, thankfully I didn't take Kent State, and it would have been a loser if I would have taken Kent State. So uh, kudos to uh, properly uh, calling the Kent State game last week. Yeah, n- nothing from me either. I get why Buffalo's an underdog, but I suspect, Professor, that this game is on our list for a reason. Absolutely. Uh, the model is 4-0 fading Kent State. Faded them last week successfully. I'm going to fade them again. I'm going to take Buffalo. The model thinks this should be about a pick'em, so I'm getting five and a half points for free. Um, I've been on Buffalo a few times. It's worked a couple times. It hasn't worked a couple times. Last week, it was a push for me because I waited until the number got to seven. It was a win yeah. for Cousin Jared, who laid six and a half. So um, the Buffalo's been kind of an up and down team, but fading Kent State has been profitable. The model thinks that the numbers that are caught up with them in Kent State isn't nearly as good as we like to think they are. Um, and so I'm going to fade them again. So an official pick for me is I'm taking five and a half with Buffalo. Uh, a more interesting game, Boise State at BYU. This one should be fun. BYU is a five-point favorite. Jared? Nothing for me here. I was a little a little hesitant just because all the B- injuries that the BYU quarterbacks have had. I think what I saw earlier today was that all of the quarterbacks are available, but they've just had so many injury problems at that position. I'm, I'm kind of staying away. Uh, we've ridden the BYU train for so long now. It really pains me to hop off, um, but yeah, this is going to be, I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, so I, I think laying, you know, however many points, five or six points with BYU is just too much for me. All right, Jack. Th- th- this hurts because my, my struggles with trying to figure out how Boise is going to play on any <laughs> given week are, are well documented among the yeah. group who are on this podcast. Yeah. But the, the, the first science step of, to recovery is admitting you have a problem. And I'm not there yet. So I'm going to make an official pick. I'm, I'm going to lay the points. I think that this Boise team just can't keep up with this BYU team. Now, I can't wait to see what kind of weird nullified fumble return blocked field goal shenanigans caused me to lose this one. 
but still somehow have BYU end up on top. I'm mainly picking this because I want to be able to eat my crow two weeks from now. So, yeah, you're lighting the five with BYU. I'm also lighting the five with BYU. The model thinks this should be a shade over six and a half. Oh, no. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, Professor. Yeah. <laughs> I've ruined uh, I, this. I, yeah, I watched. I was on Boise State last week. I watched that game. Uh, Boise State does not look good. Um, so, to me, this at BYU, a, a very tough place to play. I think, I think BYU is the better team. All the quarterbacks are going to go. They've got two really good ones. I just need one of them to go, actually. Um, don't even need both of them. So yeah. as long as one of them is good to go, we're set. The, the third stringer, I haven't seen as much of him, so that's a little bit a little bit shakier. But those top two guys are really good. Um, yeah. I, I just, uh, like I said, I, I've watched a lot of Boise State. I've watched a lot, of, lot, watched a lot of BYU. So I have a small model edge, but also I have an eyeball edge. So that's an official yeah. pick for me. Um, Jared, it'll be you know you'll be we're still on the train. You'll be watching us either we're going to crash and burn or you're going to watch us uh, ride into Profitville and yeah. you're going to wish you're yeah. on it. One, one or the other. So we'll we'll yeah. find out come Saturday. Yeah. Um, or another team we've kind of ridden lately, Oregon State uh, as a three and a half point favorite at Washington State. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you have for us here? Yeah, I, I like Oregon State. I mentioned last week since they made the quarterback change about halftime of the Purdue game, they've been playing a lot better. Uh, don't get don't get it twisted though. Last week they they beat Washington, they covered. I am still, I think, 4-0 in Washington games this year. Um, but Oregon State did not play their best football. They only passed for like 44 yards. Uh, they wow. ran the ball 50 wow. times for 240 yards. Though. So they're moving the ball on the ground uh, really good. well. But it, yeah, but it, but it, it wasn't pretty. Um, this is almost more of a, I have no faith in Washington State. They, they beat Cal last week, but Washington State still didn't play well. Cal just constantly shot themselves in the foot over and over again and couldn't get going. Um, I think Oregon State, as silly as it sounds, winning that game so ugly, I think gives them some confidence that they can play, you know, they can win games when their quarterback's throwing for 350 yards, and they can win games when their quarterback's only throwing for 50 yards. So I think that actually builds up their confidence. Again, I don't think Washington State's very good. So official play for me here, I'm laying the three and a half points with Oregon in state and that game was on pac-12 network so you said they didn't look good but i'm not sure anyone watched it so no oh. no i did not watch that with my own no, eyeballs yeah. no one knows if they looked good right if a tree falls in a forest you know exactly exactly no you 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 can tell by by the other trees around the forest <laughs> the, the, the the one thing that i thought i believed in that i that i felt like i knew was that oregon was good in the Pac-12, <laughs> and that's that took a massive hit with Stanford. So no, no Pac-12 plays for me for the foreseeable future until they themselves figure out what the heck they're doing. And and I I can't disagree with you unless it's a Washington game. If there's a Washington game, come talk. <laughs> uh, but any other team, I I I'm, pretty much agree with you. I'm a, hey. I'm glad I have a I'm like I'm glad I have a Washington man in Texas. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm I'm with you. I have. Uh, no best bets on any Pac-12 games, maybe for the rest of the year. That's just, I'll have some best, I'll have best bets, but I'm not involving Pac-12 games because no. I think that those two words should not be uttered around Pac-12 games with how weird they have been. Uh, but this is also an official pick for me. The model says it should be Oregon State minus seven. Uh, I think Oregon State's pretty good and people just haven't figured it out yet. And so if this line was up to six, I think that's a stay away. Uh, but it's, it's missing by about three and a half points here. So I like Oregon State here as well. Washington State, as you mentioned, Jared, not a very good team. So uh, let's see if we can ride Oregon State to another victory, at least one more, until the number catches up to them. Uh, whenever it does, of course, then we'll hop off and uh, we'll, you know, let other uh, let other people stab at, take a stab at it. You know, speaking of, of 
those type of trains, you know, right? Bowling Green. I was on them last week. I've been on Bowling Green a lot yep. all season. They've been never caught up to them, and I'm not on them this week. So, you know, at some yep. point we will get off those trains when it when it is time to, but it's not time to stop riding Oregon State yet. So I think this is a good spot for them to lay the three and a half points. Zero regrets on passing on this one. There will be zero regrets. That's true. Zero regrets on passing on the pack. If you pass on a Pac-12 game, no one is going to hold that against you. Uh, TCU is at Texas Tech. Uh, the Big 12 is going to start cannibalizing itself, kind of like yeah. Pac-12 has. I mean, you've yeah. already seen it. Uh, TCU last week could not beat Texas at home, uh, despite Texas not being able to you know, put the ball in the end zone, it seemed like. Uh, Texas Tech you know, gets destroyed by Texas, then goes to West Virginia and wins on the road. Uh, as a seven-point dog, so uh, just a lot of blood here being shed in the Big 12. Uh, TCU is a two-point road favorite. Uh, Cousin Jerry, what do you got for us? So I, I lost that West Virginia uh, Texas Tech game last week. I laid seven points with West Virginia, but I feel like I lost that game because West Virginia didn't play like I expected. I feel like my analysis of Texas Tech was was pretty spot on. So I feel kind of good running with that assessment of Tech. And then what I'll say about TCU is Texas, Texas should have won that game last week, but TCU kind of did a lot of things to make sure that Texas won that game. There were a lot of bad turnovers. There was a targeting penalty that allowed Texas to have that 99-yard touchdown drive at the beginning of the game. Um, there was a timeout that led the to time the out. to give the targeting penalty. I mean, they, yeah, they really yeah. shot themselves in the foot on that one. Yeah, so I don't think Texas should have scored quite as many points as, as they did. And then I mentioned two weeks ago, Tech basically only scored on explosive plays against Texas. That's not sustainable. And then they only scored six points in the second half against West Virginia, I believe. Uh, did okay on offense the first half and then just completely went away in the second half. Um, so with that in mind, uh, official play from me here, I'm playing the under 63 and a half. Uh, if TCU just doesn't give the ball over and make dumb penalties, I don't think Tech's going to score that many points in this game. So official play for me, I'm taking the under 63 and a half. That, that, that might be a big ask, Jared. So the, the first third of that TCU-Texas game, I thought TCU was the better, stupider team. And it was that <laughs> latter adjective that was preventing them from actually like having yeah. a lead. And then the wheels just fell off. Yep. Um, and, and, and given Tech's ability to be just completely up and down and up again and down again, like this, this, this game could be a hot mess. Like just mistake after mistake. I, I'm hoping for your sake that those mistakes don't turn into points the other way. Yep. Yep. Definitely good. I'm taking the two points with tech. This is my uh, third best bet of the week's slate. My model thinks tech should be a two point favorite. Lubbock is a tough place to play. I have a slightly different take on tech. I think it's that they got beat by a pretty good Texas team in Austin. Um, a pretty good Texas team who's looked a lot better with Thompson at quarterback. I think they uh, advanced metrics really like them. I like them too. I'm not sure TCU is that good. You hear the whole stat. We talked about this previously. TCU looks really good the week before Texas or looks really bad the week before Texas and really bad the week after Texas, but they play well against Texas. This year, they looked bad the week before Texas. They looked bad against Texas. That doesn't really bode well for the week after Texas. I'm not sure that means anything other than I just don't think this is a very good TCU team. Uh, You're giving me points Um, in Lubbock. I'm taking those points. That's a best bet. Tech plus two. Also note, the model is 3-0 backing Tech this year. I should have backed backed them last week and been 4-0, but I didn't. I'm not making that same mistake twice. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is here. 
and take the points with tech. streamlining that that's all why have two bad games in three weeks when you can have two bad games in two weeks <laughs> there you go there you go um georgia uh and one of the more interesting games of the week is a 14 and a half point favorite at auburn jared i think you got to play on this one what are you uh what are you thinking yeah, official play from me here. I'm laying the 14 and a half points with Georgia. Uh, uh, three things kind of drive my thinking here. Um, number one, I, I saw the model on this. And if, if you have it available, what did the, the model make this game? The model makes this game a Georgia minus 12. Okay, Georgia by 12. I don't think that models in general, uh, I, I don't, and <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about models. You're the non-statistician on this podcast. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. Don't stop him. Do not stop him. Let me dig my own hole here. <laughs> um, so I don't think it does well with outliers. And, you, you know, Professor, I know you were doing some of this work with, uh, with the model last year, and I know it never really caught up to how good Alabama was. Like, basically, a lot of times it saw that big number said you need to play against Alabama, and Alabama was just... Uh, constantly covering i think we have something similar here with with georgia where i just don't think the model can can quite catch up to how good uh, good georgia is so that's that's the first thing um i also think that auburn and arkansas are very similar uh me personally i don't know what the model thinks but me personally i think arkansas is a little bit better than than auburn is and we kind of saw how that played out last week um, i know playing at auburn is, is pretty tough but you know it's not going to make that much of a difference um and the bo nicks experience what happened against LSU, I feel pretty confident in saying it's not going to happen against Georgia. Um, so kind of with all those things in mind, uh, it, official play for me, I'm going to lay the 14 and a half points with Georgia. I just think Georgia is is too good. And uh, the, the models and the, the numbers in, in Vegas just hasn't quite caught up to it. I, I don't think I have any right to refute. <laughs> I am still <laughs> after, waiting for those Arkansas points. <laughs> yeah, after fading, uh, after fading Georgia last week. <laughs> yeah, 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 like I, le- less, lesson learned. Yeah. Go, uh, go, go crazy. Yeah, and and to to everything that Jared said is is accurate. Um, I've given him the the deep dive on on the statistics, so he explained that very well. Um, the models in general do not do well with outliers. I think Georgia this year absolutely is an outlier. It's a straight pass for me right now. It's not even a lean. I'm talking about at the beginning of the of the show. You know, smaller picks on lanes. I'm, I'll be doing a little bit of that. I've got one of those later, but not a not even a lean here. I'm just completely staying away at least for now. I might do some more research throughout the week. Might make a make a pick on it, but for now, the model does like Auburn, but I'm. I everything that Jared said is spot on. I cannot endorse Auburn specifically because the model or because the model likes them, uh, because I just don't think the model is doing a good job of encapsulating Georgia. It never caught up to Alabama last year whatsoever, even out of the championship game. It it, it just it kept getting it wrong, thinking um, the points are valuable, but it just it just doesn't know how to handle those teams that are really good. And Georgia is very good defensively. It's almost like they've got some hybrid combination of speed defensive backs and physicality of linebackers yeah. like at every position it, it's yeah. mm-hmm. every time someone gets to the line of scrimmage there's three guys on it, it, it it's insane i don't think yeah. um auburn's gonna enjoy that very much so and, I'm and this away. wave of destruction has been mainly with their backup quarterback right yeah right. yeah and and last year that would have would have scared me but with how they're playing this year i uh, yeah. I, I don't even care right right and and now i profited on Auburn last week against LSU the next game we're going to talk about here um like you said the the uh the experience you get there watching Auburn's offense is fun 
um, but also terrifying yeah. at the same yes. time. You yes. never know what you're going to get. Um, but I have been fading LSU um, basically all season. And so they are um, three-point underdogs at Kentucky. I, I feel like we should all stop and think for a second about what this just means for the world. LSU, a three-point underdog at Kentucky. I, I just got to collect myself. I'll let you take it away. Yeah. I, I just did the words. They sound so weird coming out of my mouth, you know? Let, let's, let's enter the world where I've been living in, where I've been trying to tell everybody that I think Kentucky is better this year. So I, you have, you have been saying that. And so don't get me wrong. I, I'm still surprised that I'm, I'm saying that, but, <laughs> but I've been higher on Kentucky, but let's flip the tables here. Official play for me. I am taking LSU plus the three points here. And, and this doesn't, Unfortunately, it doesn't have much to do with uh, me thinking highly of LSU because honestly, uh, I don't. But there's there's two reasons why I'm, I'm taking the three points with LSU here. Uh, the first big game of the season that Kentucky had was against Missouri. I understand that uh, we've seen plenty of Missouri now to know that Missouri is not very good. Um, but if you look at the SEC, SEC East, it was kind of like Tennessee, Vanderbilt, South Carolina there towards the bottom. You had um, Florida and Georgia kind of at the top and Kentucky and Missouri entering the season. It was kind of like those two, Hey, who's going to be the best of the rest type thing. And so I really think both teams built up that game and kind of viewed it as, Hey, we've got to win this game. If we want to be able to challenge, um, you know, Florida or Georgia this year. So Kentucky came out, won that game. You know, they kind of established themselves as that third team in the sec East. And then, you know, what happened next week, they almost got beat by Tennessee tech. It was very, very close game. I was shocked at the final score. So Kentucky already has a record this year of getting a big win and then completely not showing up the next week. I think this is a perfect spot for that. The other thing, let's flip it over to LSU real quick. LSU is currently three and two. After this Kentucky game, let me read off their next four games. Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. If LSU doesn't win this game, they are staring three and seven. Over October. <laughs> yeah, they're staring three and seven in the face and not making it to a bowl game. I think this is a must win for LSU. So, again, official play, I'm taking the three points. You've got LSU who's got to get this win maybe to be bowl eligible. And, and you've got Kentucky coming off a big win, maybe a little bit of a hangover here. I think it's just a perfect combination to uh, take the points with LSU. It's it's hard to add to what Jared just said. Um, I, I have a few thoughts on this game. First of all, like Kentucky's last four games against opponents of highly variable quality have all been within seven points. So maybe, yeah, may, maybe this is a prime game where if you want to tease LSU with somebody and get that line to like a touchdown. That might be an opportune yeah, playing I for. Like, yeah, I like. I, I'm that. not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. But I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Right. Not, I, mean, I don't know what I would pair it with. I haven't right. thought that much ahead into this, but someone else do it and thank me later. Um, I, I'm not gonna take a play on this game because, like, I, like we've all seen the highlight reels of what happens when LSU goes to Kentucky and it's a close game. Like things yeah. and poorly for Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> but but like. I think they are legitimately the better team this year, and this might be the year they do it. I just don't want to have money on it when it happens. 
All right, so I've been fading LSU all year. It's been well documented. I do not think they are that good. Uh, at this point, I think my numbers have caught up and realized how not good they are. So it's time to flip the script. I'm taking the LSU, the points with LSU as well, taking LSU plus three official pick. Model thinks that Kentucky should be a one and a half point favorite. What that means is I think that LSU is still one point better than Kentucky on a neutral field. That seems about right. LSU is not as good as people thought they were at the start of the year. Kentucky's a little bit better. The fact that they're within one point says a lot because at the start of the season, they were not within one point on anybody's power ratings. Um, so the fact that I've moved him that close, I think, is a pretty good adjustment. Um, Jared gave a lot of other good reasons why this is a good spot for LSU. Um, I love getting the field goal. If it's under a field goal, this is definitely a no play for me, but getting the, getting the field goal as a possible push, uh, I like taking the points with LSU's first time uh, all season. I'm going to actually back uh, the Tigers here. Uh, speaking of Tigers, uh, Missouri, who I think just give up another touchdown to Tennessee, is Whoa. playing at home to North Texas. They are 18 and a half point favorites. Cousin Jared. Man, yeah, Missouri is very, very not good. Looking back, I was very confident that they were going to be Boston College, and I was super wrong on that. Um, so I am not the right person to talk to Missouri about because clearly I have misjudged them all season. So obviously no play for me in this game. I've had Missouri pegged basically since week one because I was like, okay, if your look ahead game is Kentucky, we, we, we need to talk Missouri because it's going to be I, a long season for you. I remember we talked about that. You're right. Yeah. Kentucky was a look ahead game. That says something. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah, even, but, even a revived Kentucky team, that still says something. And, and it's it's basically come to fruition. Ne- nevertheless, I'm, I am not that tempted to take these points with North Texas because I, it's, it's more about I don't trust North Texas either. <laughs> Um, big game against AM next week, though. Be fun to see what that line ends up being. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be um, <laughs> the opposite of a rock in a hard place. Uh, it's it's, it's when the stoppable force meets the movable object. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I have oh my god, I have no idea what's going to happen in that game. Right. So this one, I think, uh, I think North Texas is the play. Uh, the model thinks they should only be a sixteen point underdog not 18 and a half so 17 and 18 are very likely outcomes for this game uh, that gives us a nice little edge here so i'm taking the 18 and a half official pick with north texas the model is 4-0 fading missouri i see no reason not to continue to fade them i think people are still betting missouri the name on the jersey but they are not good at all i don't really trust this north texas team either i just think that missouri um people just don't realize how bad they are uh, this year. And so until the number catches up, I'm going to continue to fade them, um, you know, as is. So uh, also small schools, Georgia State at Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Jared, you have a play on this one. Yeah, don't don't watch this game, guys. But just know <laughs> that both team both teams play extremely fast. So official play for me, I'm taking the over 52. I don't care how ugly it is. Uh, I think the pace can get us over that number here. I, I yield the remainder of my time to Jared. <laughs> I think, I, have nothing. I, think, I think that was it. That was all he had. Yeah. Uh, I, and I want to talk about this game specifically because if you look at the spreadsheet, you'll notice that my number on this would make you think that Louisiana Monroe is the play. Anytime you see where it looks like the model has a play and I'm not making the play, it's because I am calling it audible on that. In this case, I'm calling it audible specifically because ULM's quarterback is out. I don't know what sort of effect that has. We talked about this previously. Um, on the pod, I just want to make sure everyone's aware of that who's looking at that sheet. Um, there is no one-off manual adjustment that I'm making. I'm letting the model do its thing. If you want to make a manual adjustment to that, go for it. 
um, I am not going to do it. And so as it is, I'm just leaving the game alone, but it will look like the model is saying to play it, but the model doesn't know uh, the quarterback is out. So that's how most of these models work too, if you look at other people's models. So this is just a common thing uh, to keep um, keep an eye out on. So again, no play for me there. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on that if they are perusing that sheet. Um, back hey, sir, to more- do you, do you remember like that ULM team uh, several years ago that ran the option with two quarterbacks? With the two quarterbacks, the right-handed one and the left-handed one. I do. That yeah. was fascinating football. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's a shame that we haven't really seen that since. I thought we'd see something like that by now. I really did too, especially at like a small school. You, you would have thought of like that's something that Fritz would have tried at Tulane, right? Uh, yeah. Something gimmicky like that. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen it since. That was a lot of fun though. They just put both quarterbacks back there. Uh, it was handoffs leading to passes and then each time they you could roll right with the righty roll left with the lefty didn't matter I mean, yeah I, wonky I believe i believe the lefty was colton browning if i recall correctly and i think you're played, right and i think i played against him and i know i played against him in high school and he kicked our butts he was actually pretty good so i, anyway. I think yeah i think he still played division one college football so yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah, pretty I mean, good he, 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 Better than me. Yeah, Yeah. definitely better than me. (laughs) Back to more entertaining football football that you're actually going to watch. The Red River Rivalry. Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma is a three and a half point favorite. This game is in the Cotton Bowl still. Uh, They have not moved it out as of yet, at least. Uh, Who knows in years to come what will happen there. But that is in Dallas at the State Fair. Cousin Jared, what do you got for us? So I'm going to yield most of my time here to the two uh, Big 12 uh, guys here they watch a lot more big 12 than i do uh but official play for me here i'm taking the under 63 and a half we kind of already talked about texas last week how uh their point total was a little bit inflated with all of the mistakes and the turnovers that tcu had and i i can't believe i'm saying this but i trust oklahoma's defense i think more than i trust their offense i i'm not really sure which oklahoma offense is going to show up week to week at this point um so i i can't say that i have any real good reason for this um you know oklahoma could come out and score 45 points and make me look uh real dumb but uh I, i'm gonna go with we see the the bad oklahoma offense this week and i'm taking the under 63 and a half so question for the residents of texas is the texas state fair happening it is yes. happening and there are people there mm-hmm. yes well yeah because it's texas um yes. This I Oklahoma went to the state fair last year. It was drive through. We stayed in our cars. We got like hot, like corn dogs and carnival games in our car. It was, we went out into the parking lot and ate like a picnic. It was bizarre. If, if this Oklahoma team, I mean, far more than any of the other Oklahoma teams in the past, if this Oklahoma team overcomes all of this and ends up running the table, I am going to be furious. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone has to beat this team. They've tried to let it happen multiple times. Already. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's it, and if it's not this week, I don't know when it's going to be. So I am taking the three and a half with Texas. It's a lean for me, so that's one of my weaker picks um, for the unit purposes. That'd be just one unit as opposed to the standard picks of two or the best bets of three. I lean Texas. I don't love that pick. Uh, the model says it should be. Uh, right around this number as well. The issue that I have is that I don't think my number is uh, reflecting accurately Oklahoma. And that's the way these models go, right? I'm, I'm trying to incorporate 130 teams. It can't be perfect on all of them. It's trying to just do really well with most of them. I don't think it's doing a good job of Oklahoma yet. We talked about this in previous weeks with Clemson, right? Clemson finally has fallen a little bit. Uh, thankfully, 
Oklahoma just hasn't looked good offensively. I just, I don't see it yet. Texas looks a lot better as we talked about before with the uh, Thompson and at quarterback. Uh, so I think getting over a field goal is solid. Uh, I like it a whole lot less at three. Um, they could easily lose by, by three. So at plus three, I don't think there's any value there, but, but at plus three and a half, I, I like it a little bit um, just because I don't, like we've already talked about, I don't know what I'm getting from Oklahoma and Texas is a solid team. So I think that's uh, got some value there. So a lean for me, Texas plus three and a half. Michigan at Nebraska. Michigan is a three-point road favorite. Uh, another team, at least I've been writing recently, Michigan. Uh, what do you got for us here, Cousin Jared? Yeah, I, I uh, so full disclosure here, this opened at uh, Michigan by four, and, and I grabbed it. I thought it was going to go up from there, and I'm shocked that, that it's it's come back down. It's Michigan only by three now. Uh, official play for me here, I'm laying the three points with Michigan. Um, and so I guess a, a couple of things on that. I want to acknowledge, I, it was probably three weeks ago at this point that I said, I can't imagine myself backing Nebraska at any point the rest of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Jack, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, not having to worry about any of your bets. I did not have to worry about my Nebraska bet laying the 10 or 10 and a half points against Northwestern last week. <laughs> uh, that, that was done in the first quarter. Um, so Nebraska, I, I'm sorry, uh, you are greatly improved. So that's, that's the first thing I'm going to say. But I think I, I finally come around to the model on Michigan. Um, I, I went with it, you know, I, last week I was like, oh, I'm not so sure against Wisconsin, but man, it, I'm kind of sold at this point. And the thing that really made me go with this pick here was I saw where Michigan basically hurried uh, the passer uh almost in every drop back last week in the Wisconsin game, Wisconsin had like 25 dropbacks and they were hurried, um, you know, either hurried or hit or sacked on almost every single drop back. If there's anything I know, I know that Adrian Martinez is going to have at least a few turnovers if he is put under that much pressure by the Michigan defense. Um, so, and that's basically what it comes down to me. I, I trust Michigan to get pressure and I trust Adrian Martinez to turn the ball over here. Um, so, and I like the three because we had a very similar thing when uh, I think most of us went with Michigan State against Nebraska uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the three would have gave us a, gave us a push, but we lost because we had like four and a half or something like that. So I really like the three here. Uh, I'm laying the three points with Michigan. Well, may- maybe Wisconsin was thinking having our quarterback get sacked can't possibly be worse than letting him throw. That That is accurate. And I, oh. I hate to say this, but I'm not sure anybody was – upset yeah. whenever they got to see the backup last week yeah, yeah twitter, so. twitter was a buzz on that one i think i saw someone tweet about how the best offensive play that wisconsin could have run was a second down punt and i mean it's, <laughs> it wasn't really inaccurate i mean it was it yeah. was bad oh, yeah uh, so i i basically second everything jared said this is an official play for me as well um a few weeks ago, this would have been me picking Michigan to hate on Nebraska. I don't have much of a reason to hate on Nebraska, but yeah. I do think Michigan's pretty dang good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my numbers like Nebraska. They have them rising. Uh, Nebraska looked pretty good against Oklahoma. I backed them there, and that was a pretty easy winner. Uh, they had really that one stretch against Illinois early on, I think is what's maybe causing our uh, memories or you know, our, our thoughts on them to be what they are. Um, early on in the season, but they continue to look really good. Um, but yet my model loves Michigan. People don't realize how good this Michigan team is. I said it last week. I will say it again this week, make it all three of us on Michigan. It's my, uh, last best or my second to last best bet of the day, Michigan minus three. I love this pick. Um, it's already, everything's already been said. Uh, I'll tack on one thing. My model's four, no backing Michigan. 
I don't see why we should stop. The number hasn't caught up at some point. The number yeah. will. It just isn't there yet. Michigan is really, really good. They're easily a top five team in my opinion. Yeah, this this is this is the point in college game day where Reese Davis points down that everybody's taking the one team and Reese says he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna take the other team. So you know we've set ourselves up for that next week. We have, we have. <laughs> at some point we'll have to go back and we'll have to go back and look at the numbers of how we do when all three of us like the same pick. At some point we'll start keeping track of some of those uh, and see. If we lost. We all three lost Army last week. That's true. We did. Yeah. We weren't yeah, going to talk about a, that. Hey, that's a sample size of one. All right. We got to go back yeah. and get all of them and see how we're doing. Are we, you know, are we above water yeah. on this or not? Uh, yeah. UTSA at Western Kentucky. I hate UTSA. I'm just going to not say <laughs> it. I tweeted this. Uh, my, who, who I hate, number one, whoever your favorite team is, number two, UTSA. Um, yeah. I, I have thought they aren't that good. People are just like raving about how they're going to be upstart and they're not. And they win and they cover. And then I'm like, hey, all right, they figured it out. My numbers adjust. I back them against a really bad UNLV team. And they try to lose the game. They tried to lose as 21-point favorites. I hate this team. And that's how the professor children <laughs> got banned from San Antonio. <laughs> I love San Antonio. San Antonio is a great place. We have some friends down there. The Riverwalk is great. Yeah. I have a lot of good memories there. Uh, Western Kentucky is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Cousin Jerry, do you have anything for this one? No, but I'm actually excited to watch this game. This is a pretty good clash of styles. I, I think both, both of them are, are pretty good for G5 teams. Uh, I mean, we know, I, I think UTSA is really good. They can run the ball really well. Uh, Western Kentucky with their quarterback basically like took the whole offense from Houston Baptist last year and took it to Western Kentucky and they just throw the ball around like nobody's business. Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch, a good clash of styles. No play for me. But, you know, sometimes we talk about these G5 games, you know, kind of out the, you know, kind of sarcastically. But I, I'm genuinely excited to, to watch this one. So full disclosure, I am going to be away this weekend with limited cell service and no cable. I look forward to coming back into the grid and getting like a hundred text messages from the professor and Jared and half of them being about this game. That's yeah. probably accurate. Uh, Jared, everything you said, absolutely accurate. Uh, Western Kentucky is must watch TV. I feel like yeah. with their offense, uh, no matter who they're playing, uh, this is a very underrated game. Uh, if you have the opportunity with multiple screens, I do encourage you to keep an eye on this game. It should be close. It should be fun. I'm taking the Roadrunners yet again. I'm taking the three and a half <laughs> this points. This is going to be great. I am so it, happy. You know, if I, if I, it's one of those things where I have the power for them to win or lose at this point, I feel like. And why my powers aren't for something better, I don't really know. You know, life isn't fair, right? The model thinks it should be about a pick them. So getting three plus the hook is valuable. So I have UTSA as a better team there on the road. UTSA uh, doesn't take, roll I'll, off the tongue as well as Boise does. Yeah, exactly. I'd, so I'm, yeah, I'm entering Boise level territory uh here but i'll take the three and a half um whatever um we're gonna co close out our main game segment uh with the game of the week penn state at iowa uh two top five teams uh the first time that two top five big 10 teams have faced off uh not named ohio state or michigan uh, in my life any of our lifetimes uh even our lifetimes plus a decade i believe it's been a long time uh, two really good teams, going to be a great game. Iowa is a short favorite, uh, opened about one and a half. I think it's up to two and a half now. Uh, I doubt it gets to three, but if it does, that's going to change our perspective on this, I think. Uh, but right now it's not there yet. So what's your analysis right now, Cousin Jared? Nothing that Iowa's doing seems sustainable. But 
at the same time, I I feel like everything that Iowa does is unsustainable. Like every year that they have a really good season, it's because they just do unsustainable things throughout the entire season. So it's almost like their MO at this point. Um, I, I, I want to take Penn State in this game just because I don't think Iowa can keep doing the things that they've been doing. But Iowa at home, I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm not going to make a play on this game. Uh, to your point, I, this is – I don't know how long it's been since there's been a Big Ten game that I've been excited to watch that hasn't included Ohio State or Michigan. And and I can't believe I'm saying I'm excited to watch this game. The total on this game is like 43 or, or something like ridiculously low. It'll be, it'll be fast. That'll be good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You're, you're definitely don't want – you don't want to get up from your seat because you're probably going to miss miss a few things. Can be, the clock's going to be running quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I just – you know, I, I can't bring myself to make a play, but nothing that Iowa's doing seems like it could last, in my opinion. Can, can I ask a follow-up question, Jared? So uh, how do you equate, like, Iowa and teams like Auburn? Because I would <sighs> I, – I, I picture them being close to the same, but maybe not quite, like, Iowa being as efficient as, like, an Auburn or an Arkansas is. I No, I, I – I, okay, I feel like Auburn – okay. Auburn may have been a bad, a bad example there. I feel like Auburn is terribly inefficient. Like we talked about the Bo Nix experience. You never know what you're going to get. And I feel like that was kind of what Auburn did the whole time. I know Miles Hahn's not there anymore, but they've kind of just been up and down, up and down, up and down. Like Iowa is just, they just turn you over like three times every game. It seems. Uh, in, the ones in the first half. If you're yeah, good. Yeah. In, in, in <laughs> oh, the not better. Oh my God. Not better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that in the games that matter. So the games that don't matter, like Colorado State or Kent State, they 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 don't do those things. I feel like you see uh, what an Iowa team would be like if they didn't have all of those sustain- unsustainable things happen. But then every time there's a big game that comes up, Iowa State and Maryland so far this year, uh, they just do these things that they shouldn't be able to do. So I I don't know. I don't feel like I answered your question. I feel like Auburn's just way more variable. It seems like. Iowa is variable, but it seems like they're variable at the right times, and it's almost like it's ingrained in them at this point. You know, Jared, by not answering my question, you somehow still managed to answer my question. Okay, good, good. I'm I am looking at this, trying to figure out how Penn State Iowa is going to be different from Penn State Auburn, mm-hmm. and I guess the only difference that I see is that location. it's going to be in Iowa City. Yeah, yeah. location. Yeah, I got uh, nothing. I've got I've got these two teams. I've got Penn State ranked seventh and Iowa ranked eighth. Um, I think my model says a two point game. Uh, Iowa should be uh, slight favorites, so it's it's a pass for me. If it does get to three, uh, that's at least a lean. Penn State. I have to look at my numbers and see from there. So if it does get to three, I may make a play on this later in the week. But right now, it's a complete pass. This number spot on, in my opinion. Uh, everything that Jared said is is spot on. I, I already joked about it. You know, still kind of bitter about that Iowa Maryland game. Maryland having five turnovers in the first half. I mean, that was insane. And, and you know, you can't. I, I don't. I don't know how to account for that because turnovers. Yeah. You know, and and I I, I saw the graphic uh, during Oregon Stanford to start the game. How Oregon led the leads the nation coming into the game in turnover margin. I'm like, oh great. Like they've been relying on turnover luck, and and I kind of trust the numbers to balance all that stuff out. And I see that I'm like, oh, if they don't get turnovers, they're screwed. And, you know, they, they lost. So it's, so it's one of those things where I, I feel the same way about Iowa and I'm thinking the play is Penn State, but they, like Jared, like you said, they keep doing these things. So, I mean, just from an yeah. eye standpoint, 
I, I don't know what to make of this game. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. It should be a really good game. Yeah, you leave your seat, you're going to miss five minutes of game action, probably also about five <laughs> yards. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be old school uh, football here. Uh, but yeah, for me, for me, a pass on this, uh, you know, the game of the week here, I guess. The real game of the week. Uh, apologies to UConn and UMass. Yes. Uh, and so that wraps us up for the day games. Now it's time for After Dark. If you are a night owl who loves college football, this is a segment for you. Let's get right to it. There are four games After Dark this week. The first one, Memphis at Tulsa. Uh, Tulsa is a three-point home favorite. Because Jared. I feel like y'all know where I'm going with this. I am going back to the well here. Official play for me, uh, under 61 and a half for this game. I have no idea who set this line and, and, and what game they were watching. Um, uh, Jack, uh, also, as you alluded to, none of your games were close last week. Uh, I laid four points with Tulsa, and they lost 45 to 10 last week. So that was uh, – somehow, <laughs> somehow that even didn't even make it into my bad. So that, that tells you how crazy uh, last weekend was. Um, I don't know who's making these lines, what they're watching. Memphis has shown offensive inconsistency all year. They had the, the miracle bad beat that we talked about at the top of the show here. Um, to go hit the over last week when I had the under. Um, I, I have no, I do not hesitate going back here. I mean, Tulsa scored 10 points against Houston. Uh, Houston's defense may be a little bit better than, than Memphis's, but but not much. Uh, I think the offensive or the total numbers that you're seeing in these Memphis games, uh, Professor, you mentioned earlier that people are betting Missouri based on the name on their jersey. I think that people are betting the totals on these Memphis games, thinking that these are the Mike Norvell teams from 2015, 2016, 2017. And this Memphis team is just, just not that offensively. Those teams um, so, were a lot of fun, but like you said, these are not that same team are, at all. This, this team is not no, those teams. No, no. And, and that, that 46 points they put up against Arkansas state was a complete facade. Arkansas state is awful. They beat uh, Mississippi state, but there was some fluky calls and some special team stuff there. They took it. Um, I, this is, I'll say it. I think I've said it twice this season. Best bet. I'm going to make it the third time. This All is right. my best bet of the season. All right. Memphis and Tulsa under 61 and a half. Go get it now. This is going to go down. So I, I love this play. All right. All right. On record. Jack. Yeah. I, I mean, Tulsa also scored 41 on Arkansas State. So scoring points against Arkansas State, it not an achievement. Yeah, Who hasn't scored points at Arkansas State? Have they I scored points against already? Arkansas State. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Washington scored 52. Right. It means nothing. I swear Arkansas State's played 15 games by now. <laughs> uh, 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 official play for me, um, I'm not sure why Tulsa is favored. And the reason I say that is I think part of it is because they're probably getting a little too much credit for playing an Oklahoma State team close, who's been very consistent on offense in the second half. If, you know, I mean, zero has zero variance, right? That's true. If you don't have an offense. You're consistently They did performing. score 10 points last week in the second half. So that they, puts, they did. you know, yeah. skyrockets I mean, the variance. I mean, but yeah, like <laughs> barely beat Arkansas State at home. Got the doors blown off of them by Houston. Like Memphis consistency problems. Otherwise, like th- th- this team should not be a favored team. This, this, this is they scored 20-something points against Ohio State and made Ohio State sweat for a half. This is this is what the Tulane Maybe even three Tulsa numbers have been yeah, right, uh, the right, last few weeks. Right, it was, right it after was longer than half, too. They looked, yeah. they looked solid for the first part of the which, game, and then they got blown out at the end. Yeah, got, which might be better points. explained by the Oregon hangover than by anything else. Because that, yeah. that was the week after the Oregon loss for Ohio State. 
yeah yeah so, so i am i am taking the points i am taking memphis and th- this is going to be one i don't think i even look twice at yeah i am also taking the three points with memphis this is a wrong team favorite game in my opinion i think memphis should be a half point favorite rarely in Thank these you. wrong team yes rarely in these wrong team favorite games do you get a full field goal this line makes no sense to me um it's only not a best bet because I want my best bets to be on teams. I've seen a little bit more. I've not seen much of these teams. So it's only not in that category simply because I, I just, I haven't seen enough to really know how much I trust the model on them, but it's every, it's got all the components for it. So it's one I really do like, even though it falls just shy of best bet territory for me. Okay, guys, I'm about to go off script here. So let, yeah, let, let, let me ask you. So I just want to say, I feel like we've, we've hated on a few teams this year. Navy, we hated on, so yeah. they were pretty bad. Congratulations, Navy. Good win last weekend. We've hated on UConn plenty. Yeah. Uh, UConn's been playing better, still the worst team, but I think we can all agree they've, they've played better. And uh, I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about, about UMass. I, I think uh, there's been a couple other teams that we've kind of said some, some bad things about this year. Can we say that Arkansas State is now going to be the team that we're going to talk bad about uh, from now on? I had to bring it up. Georgia Southern, who'd fired their coach last Monday, put up 59 points on Arkansas State on Saturday, six days after firing their head coach. Arkansas State is very not good. So people who listen to this podcast, I'm sure you come here for uh, some of our uh, kind of absurd stats and weird teams that we dive into. Uh, we will officially say that we are an anti-Arkansas State podcast. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. They are not the worst team in Arkansas. They beat Central Arkansas by 19. This, this is a different weight class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure if that counts. Hey, it, but it's not some, wrong. <laughs> there's some middle school teams that are worse than them, too. I don't think we want to compare them to those guys. I mean, come on. Hey, hey. We, uh, we can, but I think we, I think you're right. We, I keep hearing about how all these teams have scored points on Arkansas State. I swear Arkansas State's played 15 times already because every time we turn around, it feels and like they scored it. a bunch against State, and they scored on yeah. Arkansas State, and they scored on Arkansas State. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that'll trend will continue, but it has so far. Uh, moving on from that one, UCLA is a 16 point favorite at Arizona. As we talked about Arizona, the third worst Power Five uh, conference mm-hmm. team at this point. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you got? So. Arizona quarterback, Jordan McLeod, uh, know the name. He's the one that's going to get us to the window this week. Uh, Made his first career start at Oregon two weeks ago. Uh, Arizona put up their most yards they put up all season against um, Oregon, in Oregon. Uh, They put up 435 yards. Uh, They only scored 19 points, but he threw five interceptions in that game. They still put up the most yards they put up all season. Um, If if Arizona can put up 19 against Oregon in Eugene with this um, new quarterback, they've got a bye week. I think they're going to put up at least 27 or 28 points against UCLA. I think UCLA is going to score in the 30s or 40s in this game. So official play from me here, I am taking the over 61, and that is thanks to Jordan McLeod. All right, Jack, got anything for us? How can it be thanks to Jordan McLeod if you're counting on him to score less than half of the points you need for the over? I think he's counting on him to give UCLA some points too. <laughs> he, could, he could do that. Oh. He is also 
astronomically better than every other quarterback that Arizona has trotted out there this year. Hey, I'm not uh, sure that's saying anything, though, to be fair. It's, it's not saying anything, but he was much, much better than any of the other quarterbacks that they had to play this year against San Diego State and BYU and that lost to Northern Arizona. Uh, there, was a, there was a reason hey. to put this guy in, but he rewarded them with that game against Oregon. Hey, at least my compliment did. to Arkansas State was irrefutable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, true, true. Uh, I think that, state that st- a stat that you talked about with Arizona uh, exemplifies Oregon. Uh, yeah. They led the nation in turnover margin entering the, this last week. They also were last in the Pac-12 in total defense. Uh, mm. So I'm not sure how impressive that is with regards to that, mm. just because I don't think Oregon's defense is very good. But you're right, he does b- provide a pulse as opposed to the other guys um i'm taking ucla minus 16 the model says 17 and a half so it's a very small edge but it's still a, a, an official pick for me um as we talked about at the top of the show my model does not love favorites that's by design so when it does like favorites i roll with it i don't know what to make of ucla i don't know what to make of the pac 12 whatsoever um yeah. my my only thought here and this is my maybe my last uh play on ucla before i quit them for good they've, they've gotten me to the window a couple times and they've uh, cost me a couple times too so we're kind of at least hanging in there with them but my thought watching ucla they do really well when they step down in weight class uh arizona obviously is one of those so i think they've got a good chance to win this game by uh 21 24 something like that because they tend to take care of business a little bit better there as opposed to against teams that are you know the fresno states of the world the arizona states of the world are uh much more competent than arizona is so i i'm comfortable laying the 16 uh with ucla uh, we just talked about uh, San Diego State already playing Arizona this year. They are hosting New Mexico. Uh, San Diego State is a 19 and a half point uh, favorite. Uh, anybody got anything on this one? Uh, no, not really. I considered playing San Diego State here, but I I know it's been a long time at this point, but I just have flashbacks to the first game uh, of the season, San Diego State hosting New Mexico State. And we were all like, this is an easy cover for San Diego State. And it just, it never happened. So uh, I, I wanted to play San Diego State San Diego State here, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Something about them and teams from New Mexico, I just, I just can't do it. And, and New Mexico is an objectively better team than New Mexico State. Yeah, yeah. D- yeah, yeah I, I don't trust this either. Uh, so I'm laying the 19 and a half with San Diego State. This is my last best bet of the show here. So oh, wow. our after best bet. Yes, the model says 22 and a half. New Mexico is a better team than New Mexico State. You're not wrong. However, in that game, we had to lay a whole lot more points than this. Uh, mm. The model is 3-0 fading New Mexico. So while New Mexico is a better team, I think people are thinking that New Mexico is still better than they are. They aren't very good at all. So if you've been fading New Mexico, you've been profitable. I want to continue that trend here. Um, I think the San Diego State team uh, has kind of gotten it together. If you, uh, I watched the New Mexico State game. Uh, mainly because yeah. in the after dark so I mean, you kind of watch all of them because there's there's less happening. They yeah. looked awful early on, and then they started yeah. rolling. As long as they avoid that slow start, they'll easily cover 19 and a half here. So I have I mean, no problem laying the points. With I mean, San counterpoint, counterpoint, New Mexico State lost to San Diego State by 18. San Diego State <laughs> would not have covered this line against the Aggies. Correct. But yeah, that's what I mentioned, though, that New Mexico State got up to a 10 nothing lead. Um San Diego State rolled at the end of that game. Yeah, uh, It just took them a while to get going. So as long as they can avoid that slow start, I think they'll be fine. Also, New Mexico State, kind of frisky. Uh, actually, is covered way more than you'd think. Uh, they're up to the fourth 
worst team in college football. So they've gotten hey. out of the basement. They've gotten out of yeah. second worst. They are now the fourth worst team. That's going to be our last uh, game here. Uh, and after dark, you are not escaping uh, us talking about New Mexico State here on the official, unofficial uh, New Mexico State football podcast. They are at Nevada. Nevada is a 32-point favorite. Yeah, I, I no play for me on this game, but I would consider taking that, – that's a lot of points. New Mexico State's a little bit better than, you know, maybe we've, we've thought they've been. And I definitely see a little bit of a, a letdown spot here in Nevada after that big game at, at Boise last week. Uh, so no play for me here. But if I had to go one way or the other, I think I'd take the points of New Mexico State. I mean, no one's beaten them by 30 yet. Yeah, yeah. it's not exactly <laughs> murderer's row. Nevada's but it's, probably the best team they've played so far. Yeah. But and it won't, and it won't stay new, true for much new longer. New Mexico State in, in years past would have found a way to lose by 30 to anybody. 40. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm taking the 32 points. Uh, the model thinks it should only be 28. So it's got an edge there. Uh, Jared, you talked about the letdown spot. The model doesn't consider that, but I like that angle as well. Uh, New Mexico State's been a profitable team if you just blindly backed them. Uh, I backed them in that first week and that wasn't a good idea, but they are, I think, three and two against the spread uh, and they're uh, five games so far. So they are a team that is better than we thought they would be. Um, a lot of the early season stuff goes off projections, returning talent, et cetera. They got a couple of transfers in who are actually uh, not bad. So they actually have some, some talent there, not a ton, obviously, but more than they had before, before they were just, uh, just a barren desert. And they've actually got a couple of guys who can play. So I like them to keep it close um, at Nevada. Um, and so I'm taking the 32 there, official pick with New Mexico State. And that wraps us up another episode of Picks with the Professor. Uh, thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe, rate and review. We appreciate those. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.